0: Welcome to the Two Melbourne Mums podcast. We are your co-hosts, Chelsea and Holly, and we're here to talk you through all things motherhood, mindset, and all the madness in between.
1: Before we start, a small disclaimer. We will be having real, raw, and authentic conversations about our own personal experiences, and in no way are we experts on the topics we discuss. If you are seeking expert advice, we would always encourage you to see a professional.
0: We also sometimes have no filter. So if you're listening to this around your babies, You've been warned.
1: If you are loving listening, don't forget to like, subscribe and share to your socials. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or topics you'd like to hear more about. So don't be afraid to send us a
0: message on Instagram at 2 Podcast. Let's get into the episode. Let's crack into it, hey? All right. You ready?
1: I'm ready. You're
0: ready. Episode <laughs> 4. Welcome back, everybody, to the Two Melbourne Mums podcast. Thank you so much for bearing with us with our audio challenges that we had last couple of episodes. Uh, We are obviously still new to the game. We are definitely no tech wizards either. So a lot of this we have literally been Googling ourselves. (laughs) Absolute amateurs. (laughs) Thank you, Holly, for doing some more Googling and looking into decibels today. (laughs) This is like us in our medical terms, like now we start bringing in audio and technology terms. Oh, I was just all going to turn to absolute shit. I know. I wish you guys could see us right now because um, Holly's actually gone out and bought us some headphones, which we haven't used when we've recorded before.
1: Shout out to Kmart Australia.
0: <laughs> Tag them in the show notes. Uh, and now I'm just getting really used to listening to myself talking through headphones. It's a weird experience, yeah, isn't it? it is. Um, but anyway, that's that.
1: So, how have you been since our last recording, Charles?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, we've had a fair bit going on these past couple of weeks, actually. So, Mia has been sick again. Lol. Uh, <laughs> it's you, not funny. You gotta laugh so that oh, you don't cry. It's yeah. so true. Yeah. Like, poor little bub. She's just been through the ringer. Uh, so, she had gastro last week. Ah, uh, and that seemed to last quite a while actually. We wondered if she actually had two like spikes of it. Oh, okay. Because Did she's... either of you have it? You or your partner? Jake. Oh. Yeah, I came out unscathed. Ha <laughs> ha sucker <laughs> <laughs> I better touch wood because I don't want to get sick after just
1: Karma <laughs> will And you back. just brought gastro to my house, thanks mate. Oh yeah, we're at my house this week.
0: Yeah, something different. We haven't set the scene today. We haven't. We've had a change of scenery. We thought after last week's um, absolute shit show with the audio and the tinny and echoeyness, we thought, why don't we just try doing it at Holly's house to see if it helps? Um, Let's anyway. know. <laughs> it's actually quite nice to get out of my house and.
1: Yeah, that's it. Something different. Yeah.
0: Uh, so yeah, poor Mia's been sick again. Um, she's been vomiting quite a lot. Hopefully she's on the up now. We had our first staycation. So it's school holidays at the moment in Melbourne. And because Jake and I both work in the education sector, we both get school holidays together, which is really lovely. So we went and had a, uh, two night stay down at Dramana in his parents, um, Beach house down there, which was really nice. Uh, Jake was cursing me for saying I'd do the podcast tonight because he actually wanted to stay down another night. You didn't tell me that. <laughs> we totally could have rescheduled. No, it's so fun. He's working tomorrow anyway. He's <laughs> now got extra work, so that's so fun. And plus, I didn't pack enough to stay for an extra night. You know, like not enough fits. <laughs> correct. And usually I overpack, but for once I actually packed. Do you feel like when you're packing
1: for a baby? you then become the second priority as in yes. all the outfits and you know nice things that you would normally pack you don't bother because all the priority goes into the baby
0: and for those of you that have been away with the baby or even gone anywhere with the baby like we actually look like we were moving out <laughs> the whole car and entirety of well we drove sport. two cars down because we had the dogs as well so uh, we had two border collies in One car packed with other stuff and then we had Mia in the other car just packed to the brim of a suitcase and all So the two
1: of you drove separately. We
0: drove separately.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Imagine if you have more than one child.
0: I don't know. How do you do it? I don't know. But that's well, I've got two dogs. Maybe I won't always have two dogs, you know. I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? Well anyway. So yeah, that was really lovely. We had some beautiful weather, which is Nice for Melbourne. Melbourne is turning it on at the moment and I am loving it. Same. And it's my birthday on Sunday yes. and it's going to be a ripper weekend. So yes. it's going to be a final weekend as well. Of course it is. We yeah. all
1: have a public holiday
0: on Friday. Yeah. Although I never get that public holiday because I get the holidays, but you yeah. can't <laughs> complain. True, true. I <laughs> So, yes, so that's been really nice. And what else have I done? Actually, last week I went and got my Botox done for the first time since before I was pregnant.
1: Yes. And funnily enough, I ran into you just after
0: you'd had that done,
1: yeah,
0: at Eastland? Yeah, it was the day after or the two days later. But I'd actually uh, told my sister I'd go with her to book hers because she'd never had it done before. Yeah. And that was part of her birthday present i would put in for that and she actually ended up doing the same thing so she went there to book it but they said oh we can do it today yeah so she was like okay i guess i'll just do it today so i in. feel nice and frozen right now this is me honey <laughs> <laughs> where where do you
1: i mean this is me who doesn't know much about botox where do you get it done
0: so i get it in my forehead and my frown lines so yep. right in the middle here and then like sort of above your eyebrows and then up the top of your forehead hmm, there you go so how long does it last for? Uh, depends how quickly your body metabolizes it. Mine usually lasts anywhere between three and four months. Okay. And I said to them, What else do I need done before my wedding? So they <laughs> gave me a full facial consult. Yes, wedding uh, prep. And yeah, I don't know if I'll do it all, to be honest, because it seemed a bit OTT. I'm sure they would have ups- upsold you on. She goes, You absolutely need, need some in your chin. And I said, What for? <laughs> she goes, It elongates your face. And I said, Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> anyway, that was my week. How was your week?
1: Ah, oh, my week. Well, where do I start? Has it been two weeks or one week? It's been two weeks. It's been pretty much two weeks, hasn't it? Look, won't go into too much detail, but we've had a bit of a rough patch with sleep mm-hmm. over the last... I'd probably say the last month. It's just been getting progressively worse maybe i would say as we all know baby sleep's not linear it's it's up and down but i feel like we've been taking one step forward 10 steps back and then another 20 steps back um in some senses rude is almost nine months old now so i feel like i'm (laughs) i know why where is the time gone but i feel like i'm i just hit my limit of Mm. sleep deprivation exhaustion and not knowing where to go or what the plan was in terms of trying to get us back on track. I know there can be like a sleep regression around that eight to nine month mark, fully aware of that. I mean, it could be teething. There's all sorts of, you know, bugs and things going around. Ruled out a number of factors that could have been like, you know, the classics, noise, cold, etc. cetera. Um, and still was sort of having no luck in getting some type sleep. We're talking sort of three or four wakings overnight where she's unable to be resettled without
0: a feed. yeah i was gonna ask like when you said that they were getting worse i was gonna ask what that looked like for you because obviously yeah one person's might look very different and what you consider good versus bad can vary but obviously you're um clearly saying that it's it wasn't working for you so what yeah. about three or four wakings a night three yeah. or four yeah probably four or five at its
1: worst yeah um but like for us i mean that's outside of our normal our we had gotten down to one night feed overnight or mm. one sort of waking mm. so that is, is pretty become, good yeah that's yeah. i'm happy with that yeah. I'm, that's great you know she's a breastfed baby um she's on three meals a day now however
0: you know up until 12 months i understand that's mm. completely normal for them to have one feed still overnight can i say though Regardless if she's a breastfed baby, I know that everybody says as soon as the baby goes on formula, I haven't found that with Mia.
1: Yeah. Or she's been both.
0: Yeah. And quite frankly, I don't see a difference at all.
1: Yeah. And that's a lot, a lot of people, well, a lot of people, Instagram, you know, social media, blah, 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 say that, um, increasing solids can help with sleep. But I, I have to say, I don't really believe that nights that Ruby has a really good dinner, it's not necessarily that she's going to sleep well that night at all. And I would say Rubes is a pretty good eater. Definitely. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's hard to know what the, you know, standard of good is, but she, she you know, she eats a decent amount for a tiny little human. So yeah, um, totally don't agree that, you know, food intake necessarily equates sleeping through the night or a good sleep one. So maybe me, me, I thought, right, I need a plan of action here. I need to start doing something to get us on on track or have a bit of a plan to progress so i have spoken to a sleep consultant we might go into this a little bit further Mm -hmm. i'm still in the midst of this week working with this sleep consultant so we might go into this a little bit further next episode but so far so good we're two days in we've changed up the daytime nap routine and we're sort of back to self-settling and um, less wakes overnight so stay tuned for more updates on that I feel like that period or that rough patch has sort of translated into a bit of bit more of that triggering mum guilt as well, just in other areas and just being so exhausted, not having time for me, not feeling like I have time to give to my friends and family, not, you know, having time to give to Will. There's a lot going on in our lives at the moment. and, And there was sort of me sitting there going, am I wishing time away? Like, you know, Why do I feel like this? I just couldn't get out of that funk. So I took a couple of days off social media. I just completely gave myself some time to reconnect and spend really good time with Rubes and Will. Um, I think a lot of that stress that I felt was self-inflicted in the sense of, you know, trying to do too many things at once. I'm sure you've felt this feeling before. You're nodding at me. yeah? (laughs) Um, Us now bloody to-do lists. So... Yeah, just taking that time to step back and take it all slow. I'm feeling heaps better. So I also watched an episode of Bluey for mm. the first time. Well, so I was having my slow down, wind down. Ruby watched it for about two minutes and then just crawled away and found something else to destroy.
0: But I actually loved it. Have you watched Bluey yet? I haven't. I, oh. I- actually when we were away in germano we put abc kids on yeah and there was an episode of blue on there but i wasn't really watching it yeah but since you've kind of told me about it that particular episode <laughs> yeah um I, I went and sort of searched and said where would i watch this but i oh, don't where yeah. do you watch
1: it um oh god i can't remember now it's an app on our tv I can't remember. We'll have to have a look at that. YouTube, YouTube, I think, though, have full episodes as well. Okay. But the episode that I told you about is called Baby Race. Mm. And if you haven't watched it, YouTube it. I'm sure you can watch a little snippet from it at least. And it literally goes through a Bluey's mum. I've forgotten Bluey's mum's name. Goes to basically council mum's group. And they're all looking at other little babies sitting up and starting to crawl and da-da-da. And Bluey wasn't doing those things yet or wasn't doing particular things yet and doing other things and bluey's mom was you know they'd be like, oh god you know when's bluey gonna crawl when's bluey gonna do this and da 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 and went through sort of these scenarios and it would flash back to bluey now going oh but mum, why didn't i do this and you know what happened and da 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 and one of the other council moms groups realizes that bluey's mom is feeling like this and sort of goes over and says i've actually had eight eight kids so <laughs> eight kids obviously it's a litter of puppies <laughs> um and you know you're doing an amazing job and it doesn't matter they're all going to do it at different times and you know in however many years you you won't even remember any of this um and of course bluey ends up crawling and then he ends up walking and and all these things and it's just a really cute feel-good episode and it hits you in the feels because you go oh my god
0: i'm literally going through this right now i can relate to uh bluey's mum because <laughs> me is what almost eight months old and she is nowhere any moving no any moving yeah but uh and she's not even really wanting to roll either she'll roll off her tummy onto her back because she hates being on her tummy yeah but uh i noticed the last few days she is now fully reaching over and she rocks onto her side and she's yeah. playing with toys yeah fully reaching on her side and you can tell if she wanted to flip she would but she's <laughs> just like nah i'm just happy, <laughs> happily grabbing things yeah but yeah i'm just like whatever she will do what she needs to do in her own time yeah. and if it ever gets to a point where she's way past the developmental milestone range that's
1: that's, that's the thing it's, it's a
0: range isn't it yeah. like it's not you know every child is going to do this by this certain point that's so. right yeah and i mean obviously we would if we got to that point um i would obviously seek medical advice or see a pediatrician or something just to go hey. Okay, I'm a bit yeah about this, but somebody told me that crawling isn't actually part of the developmental milestones. That doesn't shock me to be honest. Yeah, like
1: I think sitting is unassisted is definitely one of them because yes. it's to do with like eating and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, that wouldn't shock me. But crawling isn't. Yeah, and I have even heard of babies skipping crawling entirely. Yes.
0: And I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he does that because. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. she's very determined like she um you know I've seen her rolling around and stuff if she wants to get something she'll she'll get there so mm-hmm. that's it other big update major for us is first day of daycare this week How did <laughs> we it go? survived uh yeah went. I mean as good as your first day of daycare can go I think like coming off the back of this rough patch. I almost felt guilty for not being like, I didn't cry when I left or anything. <laughs> you I see did. all these like videos of mums like in tears on their baby's first day of daycare.
0: And I walked down there. And I was like, I'm going to gym. <laughs> I didn't cry, but I think it was because I knew that she was, she, she wasn't upset. Yeah. If she was upset, I would probably feel different and I probably would have felt a little bit guilty. Yeah. But I have never once walked out of childcare and felt like that. So good. Yet.
1: I reckon maybe, maybe I had this preconceived idea in my head that I was meant to feel like that because mm. society or, you know, social media tells us, oh, it's so sad, you know, they're growing up and you've got to leave them and da da da. And look, I did feel that. Of course, I felt nervous. Um, you know, I wanted to make sure she had her milk and da da da. But I just felt so comfortable with the educators. All of them came up to me and introduced themselves. And, you know, she'd had her orientations and I, just the environment felt so calm. And she was calm when I put her down and she crawled away from me. I just walked out and went, She's fine. Mm. They'll call me if she's not. like, Correct. I'm literally two minutes around the corner. You know, what's the issue? So, yeah, she had her milk. She ate some food. She had a short nap, but it was a nap nonetheless. So she was there for all of about five or six hours, I think, for yeah. the first day. And then, yeah, we'll gradually extend it out. And we got this cute little like first day certificate at the end of the day.
0: And it was That's really so cute. That's so sweet. So, yeah, amazing. I think um, it's, it's really important what you've just touched on in terms of society norms and beliefs and that kind of stuff and I think we'll get into that in an episode um, Mm. probably in the near future yeah because I think there's so much to unpack with belief systems and how we can sort of feel like coming out of those i even had
1: some family and friends sort of and like they meant no harm by it of course they were you know checking in on me oh how are you doing you know are you feeling okay your first day of daycare must be so hard and then you know that sort of makes you go oh oh I'm meant to be feeling a certain way if that makes sense so I get really
0: fired up (laughs) when like people (laughs) tell you or say to you like I know they don't mean any harm but oh you must be feeling like this well fuck off don't tell me how i should be feeling like yeah because then you second guess yourself and you're like shit shit i'm should not I? feeling like that mm. am i a bad person because i'm not feeling like that no fuck off you can <laughs> okay i'm gonna stop <laughs> she's gonna rant
1: she's gonna rant <laughs> no i i agree it's hard to it, it almost amplifies mum guilt right yeah because it it reverse mum guilts in the sense of oh god i'm not I'm feeling guilty because I'm not feeling guilty guilty
0: (laughs) yep mind blown anyway (laughs) all right enough about us uh let's get into the episode so this episode we are sharing our experiences with the fourth trimester what is the fourth trimester you may ask uh essentially it's a period of time where baby still feels like they're one with with mum they're you know they're trying to navigate coming into this big wide scary world that they haven't quite comprehended yet that that's where they are and it's definitely a period of time where they're learning but we're also trying to navigate this huge shift in our lives. I think typically they say the first
1: sorry the fourth trimester is Up until babies, about 12 weeks. So the first three months
0: of life, essentially. And I I think they say as well that really, if our bodies could handle it, babies should still be in the womb for that period of time. But there's not a chance in hell (laughs) our bodies would be able to sustain. No, thank you. Yep. Uh, So, yeah. So anyway, we thought we would, I guess, dive into... What that looked like for us, and it's a bit of a nice follow on from our birth stories because yes. uh, it kind of just flows right on into that. And we'll also share maybe some of our tips, our tricks, our advice, our hacks, whatever we found helpful for us, but again just acknowledging that this is our experience and there are definitely things that I probably did in the fourth trimester or I bought that I thought I'd use. And I look back and I go, what a fucking stupid purchase that was. (laughs) But you don't know until you I know exactly which item you're thinking of right now. We'll talk about this later. (laughs) Amazing. Let's get into it. Beautiful. I think
1: part of that fourth trimester as well is it's obviously you're settling into feeding sleeping you know it's a whole new life it's a whole life change we often forget about mum it's all about baby and you know oh new baby how's baby but people often forget how how is mum doing Mm. and that recovery time that first 12 weeks is so crucial making sure that mum's fed well you know mum's looked after mum's getting some form of sleep hopefully Mm. um is so important that yeah that's that part is often forgotten so that postpartum period i guess um did you have a
0: plan or arrangements in place to help you through that not really no (laughs) so as you all probably heard in the last episode it's it's funny because i am such a planned person it shocks me that you say no Yeah, yeah like i i really am but i feel like for this it was kind of just like It'll be what it'll be kind of thing. Do you think there's an element of uh, being a first-time mum? You don't know what to expect, therefore it's really hard to plan for? Yes, I think so. And I think because everybody deals with it and has different experiences, it's hard to really kind of go, okay, well, I know what um, Sally did over there, so I'm going to do what Sally did, but then... Jenny over there did something completely different, and her baby was colic and this and that, and blah blah blah. So, no, I think I just had trust that you know I'd work it out along the way. And I had my close friends and some family members that I chose to sort of ask for advice and here and there. But in terms of a plan, not really. The only real plan I had, I guess, was when can I start exercising again? And what do I have to do to make sure I can do that safely? I guess that was the only plan. I had. <laughs> that's a later question, Chelsea.
1: I'm sorry, but... <laughs> yeah, totally understand. And like, I guess that's um, yeah. How do I start getting back to feeling like me? Mm. And throughout, I would say even throughout pregnancy, it, you're not you're not feeling yourself. I certainly wasn't. So that is the good question you know am i going to have this baby and then am I am i going to feel like myself again how long is that going to take so i had a we did speak a little bit about the birth plan or the birth preferences that i put together and at the same time i put together a little bit of a postpartum plan preferences whatever you want to call it um will and i sat down and had a chat about what those first few weeks might look like i was really lucky in the sense that um will had I think five weeks off work because she was born over um, that holiday break and then he took some extra annual leave as well. So we knew we had that time up our sleeve. Um, my post-partum plan, postpartum plan basically looked like who and when do we want to have visit when we get home from hospital? What types of jobs or things can we'll do to help me? that included simple things like filling up my water bottle constantly making sure there's food in the house taking mac our dog for a walk every day that was his job obviously i couldn't you know Mm. or wasn't planning to be out walking postpartum but the dog still needs to be looked after and little things like if we need some meals or food who are we going to ask for help are we going to do a delivery grocery shop to make it easier um and who's going to tap out you know when I need some sleep or and that sort of thing so it was pretty basic um, but it also included setting boundaries around visitors um, family and friends and at first we weren't sure when we would want visitors Um, in our sort of preferences we talked about maybe waiting a week or two and as you heard last episode that all went out the window as soon as we got
0: home we just wanted our family and friends to come over so yeah now that you say all of that like I can see, I'm like, yeah, I should have thought of that. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Like, you know, and I, I worked all that out along the of way. Of course, but yeah. One one thing we did talk about was visitors. Yeah. Uh, and ours was kind of similar. It's not that we were like, oh, we'll wait. But we said, oh, we'll just have our immediate family come over. But then I think we spent the entire first week not having a single day without someone coming over. Yeah. And that's something I'll change next time.
1: We did, I reckon... I would feel exactly the same way. We had a visitor almost every day. And, and at the end of that week, I was exhausted. Obviously, you're dealing with everything else in between. And, and we were, you know, I would, I feel quite lucky in our journey that, you know, breastfeeding came quite easily. You know, there wasn't sort of any signs of colic or anything like that. So I can imagine if you were dealing with any, any additional things, that having a visitor every day would be very full on as well.
0: Yeah sure yeah did you buy anything before like you had boobs that you were like yep i need this it's gonna be my saving grace
1: i bought a lot of things before <laughs> she came
0: <laughs> i feel like a classic first time mom like you're gonna
1: you want to buy all the cute baby things and you know the nursery is gonna look amazing and you're gonna do all this beautiful stuff um I've probably mostly i did a lot of op shopping I was living rurally at the time and there was these two or three great op shops and it was so cheap. So I had a lot of clothing. Major mistake I made is not thinking about the seasons that
0: mm. she would need
1: that sizing in. Did you think about that?
0: No. And yeah. with clothing, I think I bought a lot of cute novelty, like yeah. cute little frilly dresses and all that kind of stuff, which was fine because it was summer. But then the reality is she was constantly in like Bond's wonder suits and zippies <laughs> and, and because they spew, they do this, they threw yep. the explosions all over them. Like really, I didn't really find that she, like she would wear those things once. Yep. Whereas now I would probably spend my money on more practical yep. clothing rather than the really sweet, cute looking ones.
1: Even in the middle of the summer, they literally live in onesies
0: and that is it. <laughs> yeah, <Plus, laughs> When they're that little, like in this first like few weeks, they they don't hold their body heat very well, so you've got to keep them yeah. covered.
1: Yeah, I mean we we're in the middle of summer and we still had a you know swaddle and a blanket and whatever else on her. Mm. So and I mean you're sitting in the aircon as well, so you've got to think about you're trying to keep yourself cool and yeah, just totally didn't think about any of that when I was buying. Oh, this is cute. Oh yeah, that's great size zero summer. She's the size zero in the middle of winter. Like that's just, it just doesn't work. So (laughs) lucky it was all very cheap op shop stuff. I, you know, certainly wouldn't have gone out and bought a whole heap of brand
0: new stuff. But yeah, something to note for next time. (laughs) Did you get too many of something? Did you have a baby shower? I didn't have an official baby shower. I had like a welcome home slash baby
1: shower because I'd just gotten home from living rurally. So it was very small and I kind of asked for no gifts, but there was still a few. Is is there anything you got like gifts, like in excess? Even outside of the half, not baby shower, (laughs) we'll call it. um, You know, I still had family and friends and stuff that did give us gifts. There was a lot of swaddles, like, you know, those muslin wraps. And we actually didn't really use them. We actually ended up using like jersey wraps or the um, sleep suits. So I feel like they sort of became obsolete. Other than the muslin wraps, like clothing, I did get like a little bit of clothing and stuff that, you know, I probably had excess of. But I feel like, yeah, you can't say no to cute baby outfits. I get it. But yeah, we certainly didn't get through them all. Like there was a lot unworn.
0: It's funny because we got the same like like excess in muslin wraps and blankets and all these kind of things, which are useful, but when you've got that many of them, they're not, if that makes sense. Yeah. And there's certain like I don't know about you, but with the swaddles, there were certain fabrics that worked better for Mia. Because she was a little Houdini who would always get her hands out. So was Rube. She just like every single swaddle I did, she was out. Yeah. So um it's funny now that I've been on the receiving end, I now would go I would make totally different choices buying for somebody now since having a baby yeah we
1: actually I think we spoke about this in a previous episode maybe even episode 1 or 2 um about like the best gift for mums postpartum yeah and I had my um a family member message me she said oh my god we've um you know just had someone go through postpartum period and your episode we listened to it and We ended up making these whole heap of home cooked meals and going and giving them to her. And she was so over the moon, like wrapped. And, you know, we wouldn't have thought to do that unless we heard that on your episode. And I was like, oh, my God, that is amazing. I'm so glad that we could be
0: helpful. That is so cool. I think that's great. Like something that seemed pretty like we were just like, yes, we love this. Yeah. Uh, the fact that somebody's taken that away and then gone and um, done it yeah that's amazing so
1: yeah if you're looking for baby shower gift food Or like a food voucher or you can actually, there's a lot of places that do um, home cooked deliveries now Mm -hmm. as well. Or even specifically for postpartum, like um, doulas and that sort of thing will do food delivery to mum, which is like super nutrient dense and packed for that recovery period.
0: So I would highly recommend that as a gift, especially for that first week or two. Yes, that was a game changer for us. Yeah. game changer
1: uh what about you did you have any items that you bought or were you influenced to buy anything yes
0: yes I <laughs> <was>. uh <laughs> I think I might have spoken about it before I can't remember but there was a playmat that we bought you've told me about this playmat. yeah did I say it on the podcast no. I told you. so there was a playmat Tell that, that I bought um oh, look I won't share the company because to, like it was a beautiful playmat. And the quality was sensational. It was very aesthetically pleasing. It was, but the functionality of it, not so great. I just think Mia outgrew it very quickly and it was too small. Can I ask the price of said playmint? Yeah, like 300 bucks. (gasps) Yeah. And look, I was very lucky. Um, I did get it gifted to me. Um, because I did end up getting quite a large voucher for that place because that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like if I had my time again, I've bought another playmat now, which um, I got from Harlow & Co. I think the name is Harlow & Co. playmats. And it's like the one that you've got for Rubes. Yeah. The, what one's you have like, Grace. Uh, Grace and Maggie. Yes. yes.
1: They're sort of like a soft, squishy, wipeable. Yes. Play mat.
0: And Mia can slide around on it and I found that it's been great for her, like even rolling and, sh- and pivoting. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the other mat was fabric and it was very small and yet yeah, it just restricted her quite a lot. Yeah. So that- And it seemed like the,
1: the Grace and Maggie playmat, it's like 180 centimetres or something. So it's quite big and it seems ludicrous when they're like a week old. Yeah, but I did buy that pre... Ruby being born because I thought this will be a forever sort or you know for a long time um and I've literally had it out since she was born and it spews whatever you just literally wipe it
0: off it's It's so great isn't it uh and another thing that we bought that probably I would not buy again was um the the four mums mamaroo rocker the one that moves
1: we had one of these as well I got it second hand though I think I paid like $50 maybe yeah. off Marketplace. Yeah. Crap. Not, not crap product, just like not practical
0: or needed. Yeah. I found that, um, look, Mia liked it. She still does. Like she still fits in it, to be honest. Yeah. But, uh, it was a good place to put her when I just needed to walk away quickly and I knew that she'd be okay. Yeah. Like even just a pee or something. Um, but the like we bought ours on clearance from baby bunting mm-hmm. it was still 419 dollars on clearance right wow so we were like this is amazing and to be fair at the start we loved it we thought it was great yeah but looking back now it's pretty useless i would say like i said she still fits in yeah. it but for that amount of money you could have put her in the cushy at, yes, the front, at the door of the toilet correct yes <laughs> correct screaming now um <laughs> But my mum actually bought a Baby Bjorn bouncer, the yes. mesh ones. Oh, that I've they've... heard so many things about these things. And it collapses. Mm-hmm. I, I literally, my mum bought it. It was at her house, but I literally have it at my house now. <laughs> and if I ever go to her house, <laughs> i just wait. take it with me and then bring it back again. Um, but it, it folds up, so it's really like compactable and you can just shove it in the car. Whereas yep. the the um, mamaroo is huge. Yeah, you and can't take it anywhere. You can't. Like, yep. it's massive. So... Like, yeah, again, functionality and just, like, use, I, I, yeah, they're yeah. things that I – they look cool. Yep. Like, the novelty of them is awesome, but then the function of them – and, look, this is just my experience of it. Yep. No judgment if you guys have them and if you, and love, you love them, it. that's fine. Um, but for us, I just would much rather put my money towards something else. I'm very – we're very minimalist in terms of, like, I
1: don't like having – yeah um and yeah it just took up a lot of space and i ended up getting like a fisher price almost i guess like the baby bjorn one like it's a manual rocker sort of thing um i think it had vibration in it it was like 15 bucks off marketplace in mint condition and i used that for rubes up until about four months and then she started getting really wiggly and like looked like she was gonna get out of it Mm -hmm. so i ended up just
0: on selling that again and yeah that way we, you know, we didn't need it anymore. So. And that's another thing The like, it's all good and well, if you can then sell it and maybe make some of your money back. Yeah. But I look at those Mamaroos and there are a hundred, well not hundred, it's probably an exaggeration, but heaps of them on yeah, the marketplace. people trying to follow them off. And they're not like, people have them up for like 150, 180, which is like. You're not, you're not getting your money back. No, not for, <laughs> not for how often you use it. So yep. sorry, that's, again, that's where I guess I look at my. I think
1: they're things, these are all things that, May be helpful in those first few months, but like when you look at it long term, you can get away without it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, when did you come home from hospital? I think we briefly touched on this mm. in our previous birth stories episode, but how long from hospital to home and how was
0: that first night? So we came home around lunchtime the day after I had her. Um, so you had her at 5 30 in the morning and then that was on a Monday and then the Tuesday we were home by about 12 30 p.m 1 p.m and my mum was over within half an hour (laughs) (laughs) she's just waiting at the door hello (laughs) yeah pretty much waiting for me to give her the um the go ahead uh and then we ended up having our immediate family so like all of Jake's sisters his parents my sister my parents Um, over that night yeah and I think we got takeaway for dinner I think we got pizzas to share with everyone and look that was really lovely because it was it was really beautiful just seeing everyone's faces light up and because it's the first baby in the family like it was a really special moment I do not regret having them over that soon I think that was really special Um, how was that night? Do you feel like you were still on that like adrenaline high though? Yeah. Did that get you through? Yeah, I, I definitely was. Um, I don't even think I can remember how that night went. We were having some issues feeding. Yeah. Uh, like I'm just, assuming your milk hadn't even come in. No, that it point. hadn't. Yeah. It hadn't come in. Uh, and so I was... I felt like it was the blind leading the blind you know like and so like I was just kind of shoving her on the boob and I was trying to remember how the midwives are telling me how to do it and oh my god I remember how sore my nipples were oh. holy hell and that is one thing I will recommend did you ever use nipple cream not really you didn't need to because she was no yeah, latch up. yeah I got the moogoo one yeah. And that was amazing. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I just remember they were sore. Yeah. Milk hadn't come in. Did use um, hydrogel oh. breast discs. Yes. Uh,
1: I think, is that the brand? I can't remember. Hydrogel breast discs. Chemist Warehouse sell them. Um, And did you get that feeling of like your boobs being quite hot? Like oh. they were like on fire? Yes. Yeah. I So I would put them in after she'd fed and it just soothed everything. Yeah highly recommend
0: i yeah i actually can't remember how the first night went to be honest i really can't (laughs) it's all a blur it is a blur it mustn't have been
1: too horrible if you can't remember it
0: no i think our first
1: night but see i guess the first night they're still in sleepy mode yeah Mm. like they're still quite non-alert so i feel like a lot of people um or from what i've heard have actually get some sleep on the first night and then it's sort of night two or three but they're like, oh this is hello world I'm I'm awake now yeah. so I think from memory yeah you're right like I can't specifically remember we were home from hospital at 4 p.m so she was born at 12 41 a.m we were home from hospital at 4 p.m that same day mm-hmm. we didn't have any visitors that afternoon or evening I'm pretty sure I was maybe only up every Three or four hours that first night, like she was pretty good, and we were like, "Yeah, this is great. We're gonna be fine." (laughs) False sense of security. Um, And then I reckon my milk came in day three or four, so that's sort of when she really started waking up to the world.
0: Did she do the big cluster feeding to bring your milk in? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Cluster feed like no tomorrow. I literally just felt like I was. She was on the boob all day.
0: Yeah, mine was um, all night. So oh. I was just constantly, and I was trying not to disturb Jake. So I would sometimes get up and just go um, out in the uh, lounge room and just do it out there and then kind of go back in. But then, like, it was, yeah, like every hour. And I was like, what is happening? Like, yeah. sh- is she getting anything? Well, and they say
1: feed on demand. And I mean, you know, new mom, first time mom, you know, you don't really know what you're doing. You're sort of just, it's all a guessing game and intuition and that sort of thing. And I often wonder, like I look back now and I'm like, I wonder how many times like she probably didn't really need to feed or, you know, it was something else was wrong, but I was just give
0: her the boob. That'll fix it. 100%. Or maybe she's hungry. (laughs) Like Maybe that's what she wants. But I guess
1: that's your first, your go-to, your first thing with a newborn in that first um, fourth trimester is, oh, she's upset. Just feed him, Because yeah, that's probably the issue. How did you feel when your milk came in? I, you know what, I braced myself for the baby blues and that sort of thing, and I and everyone said, you'll know when your milk comes in, you'll know. <laughs> and just like you
0: know when you need to push <laughs> or when you're having a contraction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll know. Um,
1: and I actually was questioning, like, oh, I think my milk's in, but I'm not sure because I, I didn't really have that like heightened emotion or blues or anything like that but yeah like day five i was like oh no my milk's got to have come in i just i just didn't really feel much
0: how about you uh so i a hundred percent knew that they'd come in because they were rock solid yeah they Ho- were the bigger boobs yeah rock no but like mine were like so engorged and oh. rock hard i remember one of the midwives came around for one of those um at home appointments yeah and she was like okay let me have a look at your boobs and she's like oh they're quite <laughs> engorged aren't they like and that's when she um said to me she's not taking it all do some pumping to try and okay you know get um, relief really? <laughs> yeah and because like I said I was still kind of struggling to latch yeah uh it was yeah like I was having to pump um after she'd fed and then trying to okay. offer her some more like if anyway that's yep. yeah, yeah But I actually, that's another thing I can't really remember. Like I can remember kind of, but not really. But yeah, no, I do remember them feeling so rock hard. And then them just starting to leak. And yeah, I remember pumping actually for like one of the first times. And even that trying to get like that, like down pat. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, and Jake would laugh at me. It looked like a cow. I remember (laughs) my grandparents came over and I was like, really sorry guys. I got a pump. And like, so I just sat there with the, the, pumps on my <laughs> boob and i had the um spectra yeah and so i was sitting there with i have the double ones so i was just sitting there going eh, <laughs> eh. <laughs> Don't you just feel like such a cow when you've got this? It's so odd that my grandparents are like sitting right there, but they like they didn't give a shit. But yeah, like even now I look back at but when you're right in that stage, you're like, I don't really give a shit what who's around me or what's going on. I used to think I'd be really uh weird about breastfeeding in public. I was literally gonna ask you like just, I would whip my tear out anywhere. I'm like, uh, whatever. Have you seen my boob? I don't care. 100%. They're not mine right now. They're theirs. <laughs> <ears>, so <laughs> I was all about flop the tit
1: wherever you want. Like I, like I, I wanted to have that attitude, but I, you know, you never know how you're going to feel until you do it. Breastfeeding in public. I could not care less. And I actually never bought, never really bought like nursing tops or anything like that.
0: Uh, did you have any specific like breastfeeding clothing? uh no i didn't actually i would just obviously wear things that were breastfeeding friendly friendly yeah that i could like just like oversized tees were my best friend as they were in pregnancy too but even in shout um, out to
1: kmart again i think i went and bought (laughs) are we obsessed with kmart i think i went and bought about four or five oversized tees and i literally lived in them yeah
0: because they're so easy to just pop up aren't they or if i wore anything else i'd try and make sure it had buttons yes so that i could easily just unbutton um my sister had her in engagement party three weeks after i I had mia and that was mia's first night out um (laughs) but it was also my first night out and i wasn't drinking because i was feeding and as we know alcohol and breastfeeding don't go well together and that's even something that's weird to navigate once you have bubs too we could do a whole nother episode on that too couldn't we but going to the shops to try and find something to wear that was a breastfeeding friendly but b also body friendly because it's i was not feeling great yeah in my body it was very hard but i ended up finding something that was just like a dress but i had buttons so i yeah. could quickly just unbutton yeah pop her on when i needed to come but-
1: on you for even leaving the
0: house at three weeks postpartum yeah. that's like kudos yeah you know what i actually felt okay yeah uh but it was more so it got to a point where i was like a bit too loud like especially yep. for me too being a little tiny bubba yeah and i'm course. like okay we're gonna call it now yeah um and i'm sure everyone understood as well yeah <laughs> speaking of the maternal health not maternal health the midwife appointment yes how did they go for you like your home visits how'd you find them
1: yeah we had a home visit the next day uh we probably had four or five i think follow-ups and because i birthed at the mercy which was half an hour from where we were were living when Ruby was born. I think they ended up coming here three times and then I went... I actually ended up going to my mum's house, which was closer, so it was easier for them as well. Um, But, yeah, I found them really good. They checked my... So I had an episiotomy, which was, I think she said, equivalent to a stage two tear. Yeah. So... That was sort of priority checking that that was all looking okay uh, making sure that feeding was going well i felt pretty okay about feeding at that point and obviously once my milk had come in um, they were happy with the weight gain she was having i can't remember specifically how much weight but i mean they're all pretty basic checkups i would say like the weight yeah checking how i'm feeling yeah. there's all obviously all those sort of um questions about um checking in on mom and mm. you know any signs of postpartum depression or um you know anxiety or anything like that
0: yeah how about you what were your yeah we had to have one extra home visit than we were meant to and that was because when they came uh, back the second time she hadn't put on any weights she hadn't lost but she she'd just maintained her weight So they were like, oh, we want to see a little bit of weight gain. Yeah. Um, Because I think they say, do they say?
1: They can lose up to 10, is it 10% of their body weight? 10% after birth.
0: Yeah. So she had lost, I think it was 7%. Yeah. The first checkup. And then the second checkup, she hadn't gained any more, but she hadn't lost any more. So she had stayed similar. And so they went, oh, no, we want to come back. I think they came on a Friday, like, we're going to come back on Monday and check again. Yep. So they came back and she was then bigger than her birth weight. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whereas I just, <laughs> She just needed that couple extra days. Yeah. And plus my milk had come in and she was obviously, like, getting the hang of latching and whatnot. Yep. But do they say that they... They expect them to be back at their birth weight by two weeks No, oh, it's something. I can't remember specifically, but it is similar. Yeah. It's like something like that. Yeah. yeah. So she had like put on like 200 and something grams in the space of three days. Yeah. And they were like, holy crap. <laughs> she's okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And then same with my stitches. I, I was a stage two tear. So they were just checking that they were all okay. Um, yeah. Oh God. How bad was it to pee?
1: Oh. With stitches. Yeah. Oh, and going to... I was, are we going to talk
0: about the poo again? <laughs> yes. I was just going to say, <laughs> going to the toilet for the first time terrified what? me, but it wasn't oh. as bad as I thought it was going to be, to be honest. Uh,
1: no, I was so scared, though, but I wanted to get it over and done with, so I actually, I think, as soon as we got home, I started taking, Meta, like, had a Metamucil. Oh, my god! I swear by Metamucil. Um, well, I, che- I checked with the... I mean, don't take my medical advice. Please ask your own maternal health nurse or midwife but i checked with my midwife and said like can i go home and take some metamucil or something just to get things moving Mm. again and she said yeah sure there's like it's psyllium husk there's nothing bad about it um so yeah i came home out of metamucil i think i ended up doing my first poo on maybe day three
0: yeah okay i think I was pretty similar
1: yeah like it took a while to get things moving and i remember just like sitting there like bracing myself (laughs) It was fine. It actually wasn't that bad. Yeah. So just get it done. <laughs> Amazing. What was the most helpful thing your partner or family or friends did for you in that time?
0: 100% food. Yeah. haven't we touched on this. But, yeah. 100% yeah. the food. Um, like I said, I didn't know that's what I would need until I had it. And if it wasn't for my friends and family dropping over home cooked meals or whatever it was, uh, I I literally would have eaten my hand I reckon because (laughs) there wasn't a shit show I would have been in that kitchen
1: there's literally just no time I mean you think oh yeah newborns sleepy like they just sleep all day Mm. yeah they do but there's just no time to get up and make a meal let alone the fact that you just don't feel like it
0: yeah and I think
1: yeah having food that's ready in the fridge to go you can either just heat it chuck it in the oven whatever it is so helpful yeah the other thing i found helpful was um there was a couple of occasions where like um, a family member came over and said oh you go have a shower yes yeah i'll watch baby for a couple of you know whatever half an hour however long you need it, for me i did you ever get um phantom crying in the shower
0: no i'm not in the shower but i have had phantom crying before yeah
1: so they'd say go have a shower anyway i'd go and have a shower but i could not have a nice relaxing shower because I would get phantom crying the minute I stepped into the shower. I'm like, oh, she's crying. I can hear it. She wasn't. She was totally fine. Like yeah. they were very capable of looking after her. But yeah, I reckon that phantom crying lasted for the first three months. Yeah. I, every time I had a shower, straight away. So bizarre. That's some crazy. other weird form of mum guilt.
0: <laughs> yeah, crazy. Um, yeah, no. I remember Jake's mum, and I'm pretty sure my mum came over as well at some point just to say, you know you go and do what you need to go and have a shower whatever it is and like just relax and i'll look after bubs for an hour or two yeah and then or if i was sitting there nursing then they would uh, get up and go and clean the kitchen or unstack the dishwasher or just like those and put a load of washing on like all that kind of stuff those things that you just don't really have the time or energy to do it's a lot lot of its energy like I wouldn't say it's not necessarily time it's energy Mm. and you've got to rest and with stitches
1: as well they say you need to be lying down is it every hour or something you need to lie down yeah they
0: say to rest or lie down or sit as much as possible or like no lie down because you're sitting too much sitting is actually not helpful in the sense of um that yeah everything's sort of pushing down
1: still and I would know if I'd been sitting for too long I felt it Yeah, Mm. I felt um, a lot of heaviness at the end of the day and that was definitely like sort of everything, yeah, still trying to work its way up. I think with the heaviness, like that became progressively worse and we'll sort of maybe talk about it further on, but I ended up going to see pelvic physio and there was some issues for me there. So we'll dive
0: into that a little bit later. Was there anything for you like that your partner, friends or family did or was that kind of the main ones?
1: They were the main ones. Yeah, just mainly what we had in our postpartum plan. I guess Will, my partner, was super helpful in knowing me in the sense that I still wanted our house to maintain some form of order and functionality. I have a Frank Green water bottle. (laughs) Obsessed. Um, But I would say, oh, can you fill up Frank for me? So he got into the habit of just like filling up sure frank was making sure frank was always full because i drank so much water like i just had to have that with me at all times yeah and just encouraging me to lie down as much as possible um that's not something i would generally do but
0: in that phase you just have to Yeah, I think Jake was the same. I think he kept telling me, like, rest, rest. He's like, I can't rest. I have a baby attached to my breast 24-7. I know. And (laughs) if you haven't been through it, you really just don't get how much you just feel like a human cow. Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. In that first week, was there anything that you found um, that you used a lot? Burp cloths. (laughs) (laughs) And thousands of them. I think I'd bought
1: look like i don't know whether rubes was maybe like spewier than the average baby now that i sort of look back and talk to other moms i'm like you know what i think she was just a really spewy baby but i'd bought like from kmart again oh my god how embarrassing <laughs> kmart lover uh two pack hand towels which were like a dollar so they were quite big like a rectangle shape I'd bought maybe 20 of them and in the first week I sent Will back to Kmart to get like another 20 because we were just absolutely going through them and half of them went in the wash and we had them lying all over the house and it was just easier to have them absolutely Mm -hmm. everywhere so that yeah the minute she had a spew we just went oh it's all good no stress yeah other things I found helpful I had set up like a nappy caddy yes that I just carried around the house with me and I will say I probably only used that for the first six weeks, but it was an absolute godsend. It had nappies, wipes, my like lanolin. Um, what else did I have in it? Pseudo cream. Anything that she might have needed was all in there. And I would just say to Will, grab the nappy Katie, grab the nappy kitty, and we just move it from room to room, wherever we yeah. were. Yeah. Once we got past that six-week point, Will was back at work. I ended up we we would always use a change table and stuff so we were sort of in Mm. that bit more of a rhythm but yeah that was super helpful um the other thing in that first week was just comfortable clothing for me soft maternity bras again came on (laughs) the best like open I don't know what you'd call them. Open crop, like two pack for twelve bucks or something, and I still wear them now. They're That's just so
0: good, the best. So yeah, I had a na- a nappy caddy too. My sister bought me one of those trolleys on wheels from IKEA. <gasps> yeah, yes. Um, that was really good for the first few weeks. After that, I didn't really use it. Yeah. Uh, and that was just because it was really easy to just wheel it across wherever I was kind of thing Yeah. just do what I needed to do. And that's where Jake was really helpful too, because when I was nursing her, as you know, it's really hard to get up with a baby on your boob. Like if you need something straight away, oh, can you get me this? Oh, can you get me that? So we'd always try and make sure we had those things in the caddy. Yeah. Another thing that I found really helpful was having a bassinet on wheels. Ah, oh, yes. Yes. So I would wheel the bassinet out into the lounge room. during the day and because they're so tiny and sleepy at that stage they will sleep in the day in the bright light and they don't care
1: savor those moments
0: right (laughs) um and then i would just wheel actually she would go to sleep around you know like whatever it was six seven eight or whatever and then we would wheel her into the bedroom while she was still asleep yes and then just because you her- can do that to yeah. move once, <laughs> and just wait, wait until she then woke up for her next feed kind yep. of thing. But I found that really helpful because I just wheeled it wherever I was, and yep. then just could have her there and not have to worry about putting the monitor up at that point or whatever. So yep. that amazing! That was also really helpful.
1: We also had a bassinet, like we actually had one a bedside bassinet, and yep. then one in the lounge room as well. which yeah. and even when you just needed to put them down for like i don't know so that you could go and get something or go to the toilet just to be able to put them in a safe space and know that they're safe
0: for that couple of yep. seconds or minutes yeah 100 percent. so convenient uh, another thing i use and i actually still use it now is a glow dreaming unit yep uh so if for those that don't know what the glow dreaming unit is it's kind of like a multifunctional um device that's well, not really a device but Thing. machine machine um and it has a white noise function yeah it's a humidifier as well uh and it has um the red light yeah so i actually use it in those early days for the light alone yeah because when she would wake up in the night and she was next to me in the bassinet i'd just pick her up quickly flick the little red light on but it wasn't yeah. it was light enough for me to see what i was doing but not light enough that it would wake jake up yeah or rouse baby too much either correct yeah. yeah like stimulate so that's something um i found really helpful and I, I still use it now for the white noise
1: i have the yuki bear which is like sounds like the exact same thing but just different brand yeah. and yeah i've literally we use white noise every single night so we put that through yuki bear um and i also use the light on it as well in yeah. those early months um i actually don't use it anymore like it's everything's you know a lot easier um but yeah definitely in those first
0: few months was an absolute godsend thanks so much for tuning in to this episode we love to have a chat so we've had to split this episode into a couple of parts stay tuned for the next part coming to your ears soon